Welcome back to another episode of Two Average Husbands. I am your host, Jake. I'm your host, Kyle. Welcome back, everybody. I have to quickly switch my phone so that I can tell you that the fun fact of today is that the Eisenhower Interstate System requires that one mile in every five miles must be straight. That way, those sections are usable as airstrips in times of war. Correct. Crazy. I learned that in high school, actually. Fun fact of the day. I had a different one, but Carly told me I needed to check my sources because she didn't believe it, so I didn't say that. Ooh, now I'm curious. Do you know why Heinz 57 is called 57? No. Stop Googling. I'm watching you. I am Googling, but continue. So it is because of the number of varieties of pickles that the company had at the time when they created it. Hmm. According to this source. Carly didn't believe it, though. Um, let's go. Oh, it. God. I'm going to Wikipedia. Uh, uh, I don't even know how to fix it, but Dave is thrown off by the fact that we're switched sides. There we go. Kyle switched our sides. He likes, uh, <laughs> we've been playing this game recently where we keep, since Kyle has like, uh, admin, like admin privileges. privileges <laughs> so we keep playing this game where we kick each other off to other sides. Um, just we, we just kick each other off the screen, but then when you re add them, it goes to the right. Um, Heinz said he chose five because it was his lucky number, and the number seven was his wife's lucky number. All right. Um, well, actually, is... it was introduced as the marketing slogan, 57 pickle varieties, but he claimed it was because of the lucky numbers. Hmm. All right. Well, anyway, there you have it. There's your fun fact for the day. Who goes first this week? Uh, I go first, but I am drinking. Oh, beers. Jeez. God. <laughs> Um, Gosh, one of it. Uncle Kyle requested some of the Iowa beers, so some of the Iowa beers he gets. Um, this is a spiced tart apple semi-sweet hard cider from Jefferson County Cider Works. That sounds kind of good. It does sound good, and I'm intrigued. I'm and starting off with a beer that I know I'm going to hate. Go ahead. It doesn't have lactose in it. I'm dealing with some stomach stuff going on right now, <laughs> um, and my mom told me to avoid lactose, so I'm going to avoid it. I am having Farmers Brewing Company sun up till sundown. It's an IPA, which means I probably won't like it, but they have a slogan on the top of the can, and it says, put your lips on a farmer, which is a little bit odd. Anyway. That's very save a horse, ride a cowboy of them. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I got my big glass back out, so I don't have the catastrophe that I had last week. Yeah, that was tough. That was a tough scene for you. Tough scene. That was a that was a satisfying pour. Thank you. All right. Well, I get to go first. Yes, you do. Sorry. Part of the stomach stuff that I'm dealing with is a lot of... There's going to be a lot of potentially unmuted burps in this podcast. Oh, so God. Kyle's friend who hates our unmuted burps, I'm sorry. I'm doing my best to contain as many of them as I That's can. Right. But, Kyle, this week, I mm -hmm. want to start off with something nice and easy. What are your thoughts so creaky. on Warzone 2.0? Okay. Specifically, are you okay with the fact that the game took steps back from what we had in Warzone 1? If it means that overall it's going to be a more enjoyable gaming experience once the game is rip-roaring and ready to fully go. Uh, yeah, this is a good one because I bring it brings up a topic that I think I've seen a lot of people talking about on the interwebs very recently, and that is that major... Uh, gaming companies are releasing AAA titles that are like 60, 60 to seventy dollars now, depending on how like the release. But you're paying a lot of money for these games, right? And the problem is, is they're they're releasing it as though it is a complete and full and tested and developed and awesome game that you are going to pay almost a hundred dollars for. And the pro, you know, the the issue for consumers right now is that they are releasing these games way before that they're actually finally like finalized, ready, and tested. Right. And then they're using the initial launch as a beta or like a second beta essentially, so that they can just get the thing out to market, start making some of their money back, and then fix things as they go. And I think that that is fucked up. And I think that's the wrong way to release games. I think it's expensive to the consumer, it's frustrating to the consumer, and then the the you know the company doesn't really care, right? Because especially when it comes to, who, who made this one? Was it um, Activision? Activision made this one, right? Uh, Infinity Ward, I think, technically. Okay, anyway, so Infinity Ward, Ward makes a lot of their fucking money on microtransactions, which I've already gone on long rants about why I hate microtransactions Yeah, this one was before. Infinity Ward. So you can ignore that part of the conversation, but the when it comes to this side of it, it's like, 
we'll release it, say it's a full upgrade game, and then when people hate it, it doesn't matter because we already got their money. And so if they don't care about the additional revenue from microtransactions, then the sale's already made. Mm-hmm. You know, so they don't have to release a good, well-tested game for you to buy it. They're like, we were going to ride the fucking Call of Duty name forever. And then you're going to buy it. You're going to hate it. You're going to get mad. And we don't even care if you continue to play or not, because if you're not going to spend the money on microtransactions, we already have your $70. So I think that part of it is super, super frustrating. And I, I've been complaining about it a lot recently, because I think the the specifically with this one, they released, this is no doubt a beta to me. There are so many issues with gameplay that there's no way that they all made it through testing. So they probably had some like few glaring issues that they tested the initial beta. They got people to come play it. They fixed some of those things and they're like, fuck everything else. I don't care. Put it on the market when we said we're going to, especially before the holiday season because we want people doing this. And then they're like, oh, by the time like the Christmas kids start getting this game, it'll all be fixed, right? Um, so yeah, that that bothers me for sure. I'll let you yeah, talk for a little it, bit. That was a rant. No, it, it's a good thing to point out too. It's a, It's also... I believe I saw something that Activision Blizzard playtesters are are striking right now, um, Maybe. or were striking uh, at least during the production of this game. But I here's where I am at with it. I have no problem with you re- releasing an incomplete product if you tell consumers it's an incomplete product. If we knew we were jumping into Warzone 2.0 and it wasn't going to be as good as Warzone 1.0 ended, I don't think as many consumers would care. I think a lot of the issues with the game are the fact that not only did they change a lot of the gameplay style, not only did they change the way that the guns are leveled, not only did they change the way that you get attachments for the weapons, not only did they change the way that a bunch of different things in the game work, we didn't know, right? And we didn't know that things weren't going to be in the game that had been in the game previously. We didn't know that things were going to be broken, which is going to be a problem, right? And I think that's what's getting consumers mad is a lot of us were like, I don't want to say happy with the way that Warzone 1.0 was ending because you and I, we both basically completely stopped playing the game because we're yeah, like, this is it, stale, yeah. this yeah. is dead, Caldera was a terrible map. But And like, I don't know, I think change is good and I, I like a lot of the changes that they made to the game. So do I. But I think a lot, there's just too many small things that are broken that should not have been broken because they worked mm-hmm. perfectly fine in the old COD. Yeah, and I, dude, I get it, man. Like, you, there, there's testing required. It doesn't matter. Like, you're not copying, pasting all the code from the old game. So I right. get that there's going to be bugs. Like that, that's not what bothers me. It's the fact that, like you said, they they released it without any sort of admittance whatsoever that it was an incomplete game. And then, you know, they're they're relying on the the free to play crowd now too a lot because they know that they're going to get all these fucking kids. They're going to come in here with this free to play game because they can convince their parents, like, oh, I can play this game. It's free. And then they're going to spend hundreds of dollars on microtransactions. Anyway, right. They're going to buy that's skins. That's what they're getting kids and, addicted to. And yeah. shit, you know, so that's the kind of thing that fucking th- bothers me is like, you don't care about the people that are paying to play the game anymore. You're caring about getting your cash and then keeping the revenue stream alive through microtransactions. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, dude, I think conceptually speaking, that's where probably most games are going to go, especially the AAA titles, like the major companies that are going to continue to just push these games out over and over and over again every couple of years. Um, but all in all, I think the game is fine. Like in terms of the concept of it, the general play style of it is fine. I think that they have a lot of quirks and bugs they need to iron out in order for it to work the way that it's intended. But I think as a whole, I like the game. It's just, don't be so fucking shady. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I think the lack of transparency is ultimately the problem. Because like, like I said, you and I like a lot of the changes they made to the gameplay. Like, you don't yeah. have to take Adderall to play the game and like slide cancel around the map and just. I know, appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to do any of that anymore. Um, the sniping changed, which I don't like. A lot it of need, people. It needs some work. Yeah, you should be able to one shot people with a sniper. I, in my opinion. Yeah, we could probably differ on opinions a, there, but either way, I think certain, it needs to get worked at, out. So. At a certain <clears throat> range, you should be able to. Like, within, even if it's within 200 meters, I should be able to, if I hit somebody with that weapon, that should be it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We could probably go back. In the head, with a level of armor, whatever, regardless. Right. Yeah. All of these individual changes are fine, but when you clump them all together with a bunch of stuff that's literally, like, held together with chewing gum and chicken wire, like there's going to be problems and, yeah, and that's what are, like the fact that the first update of the game is it didn't even end up getting everything it was supposed to get because they still can't produce combat records properly mm-hmm. which was something we had in black ops one in 2010 
yeah. that was arguably the best system. That, that game was so ahead of its time if we look back at it now. Because yeah. that was the most, you could like, they had heat maps so you could see where you died the most on maps. Like the, yeah. the info they had in that game was crazy. Mm-hmm. And why don't we have that with technology getting better 12 plus years later? Yeah, and there are like a lot of like fundamental things that are broken with the gameplay. Like the fucking main menu of the game, Avon, is like... It's horrible. Yeah, it's It's really bad. Like I have to scroll like eight layers deep to get to the type of game that i want to play and go through all this other nonsense and like mini like it's just it's unusable almost and it's it's frustrating every time and then like the menu kicks you i don't know dude i I could bitch about the menu for probably an hour but that menu is is garbage so and I, i think they creatively made like a visual effect type but like even then like you're saying with technology right like they could very easily and figure quickly figure out for an individual user, like, what are you playing the most and prioritize that at like the top? Yeah. Right. Or like continue where you left off. Cause you said like Hulu, like the developers from Hulu's menu made it the way that yeah, it is. I think, right? I think it's the, the director of UI UX from Hulu is the director of UI UX Activision now. And so that person could literally just make it similar to that. Right. Like, even though the Hulu menu for that sucks compared to like some of the other like just video streamers. So. The other day, Jess was like, we don't use Hulu all that often, but we were watching something that was on Hulu. And she was like, this sucks. Like, when I am hover over that, why doesn't it play me a preview? This is stupid. Like, there, just little yeah. things that Netflix is, like, perf- Netflix, for an example, has perfected. But even, like, Almost Disney Plus is now. better. Yeah, it's not Paramount just, Plus yeah. is better. Peacock's better. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, is, I think I think starting even there, right? Like, you look at that and, like, the filter. Oh, my God, the filter in pubs. Oh, God. So bad, right? Like, the usability of that interface is just so bad. And I don't know. You, you just... I think if you if you pulled even like 300 people, had them play what they're playing we're playing right now, and had them like play with that menu a little bit and everything, they would have all had largely negative feedback about some of that interface, and they could have fixed all this. So, I don't know. I think it's lazy. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's about yeah. all I have to say about that. I guess. Yeah. Dave asked if it was held together by Big League Chew. Logan rightfully pointed out it's more like zebra stripe. It's got a lot of flavor. It's got a lot yeah. of color, a lot of bells and yeah. whistles, but it doesn't really work. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. Like, you just can't release a broken par- product and not tell people it's going to be a broken product. If you Let told me, us we were dude. getting, if you said this was Warzone 2.0, the beta, we all would have come into it with a more open mind. We wouldn't be shooting oh, yeah. on the game as actively 100%. on social media. And yeah. I like the game a lot. And that's what I think frustrates me the most. If I didn't care about it, like, I didn't like Warzone 1. I liked it for a while, but there was a point where it was like, we played it because it was the only thing to play. You weren't super into Apex. Really wasn't else, much else to play. Like we were, we're not crackheads. We couldn't play Fortnite anymore. Although we mm. could go back. There's a no Never. build mode now. Will not. I'm. We should consider it. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, I think it's just you can't release a broken product and not tell people it's going to be broken. And uh, Uncle Kyle, we're talking about Warzone, the yeah, new Call Warzone. of Duty Warzone. Yeah. Even just the regular game though, like has stuff that's broken. Like it's dude, Tarkov's trash too. At least they admit it's a beta though. Yeah, Tarkov um, will forever be in beta. The oh, I'm gonna lose my train of thought now. Oh, the other thing that that bothers me a little bit too is that, uh, and I, I complained about this already, so I won't drag this one out too long. But I think, like I said, they're they're relying on the microtransaction and like the additional content crowd to keep their their revenue flowing. Like I said, and the thing that grosses me out is how much the battle pass is now too. It was like I can't remember if it was thirty or forty. I'd have to look again now, but it's either thirty or forty dollars so that you can progress through like a a tiered progression system based on that's also you know, been broken almost the entire time. It, it's so broken. The interface is trash. You can barely use it and it's 40 fucking dollars. It might be 30. Don't quote me either way. It's a lot of money. You're basically p- paying for another half of a triple a title just to play through for fucking loot in game loot. And it is like, I think that shit's so exploitive and just gross. Yeah. I I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. It's not great. It, it's admittedly not, it's a pretty bad look. Like really that's what it boils down to is it's just a really bad look. Um, I hope, I, I think, like I said, I think the game's got a lot of potential. I think they could do a lot of really great things with the game, but they need to fix it and them not fixing it. Even in this first update, like they said, combat records were coming out and then like two days ago, they're like, psych, not getting that. We can't figure out how to get it to work. Even though our predecessors could get it to work 12 years ago. I got to censor out cat, butt. um, yeah, and then they finally added in like the ability to look at the leaderboard in game on like Warzone. It's like some just basic functionality yeah. that was lacking, and so 
I don't know. It's gross. Thanks, Dave, for quoting me on that. <laughs> it's forty dollars. I'm a man. I'm I feel like 40. it's probably thirty. I don't know. Either don't way, know. It, like I saw the price tag on it, and it grossed me out. That's all I have to say about that. I got the upgraded version of the game, so I didn't have to pay anything for it. But I'm sure. You, I cool. Like you give us twenty free items for the battle pass. It means I'm spending extra all this extra money for actually less things. Battle pass. I meant to say modern warfare two. Battle pass cost. No, it says ten bucks. It's not ten bucks. Well, I can promise you that in game it is not ten dollars. Modern Warfare Two Battle Pass price is once again a thousand con points, around ten dollars. Maybe it was like maybe when you go to buy it in game, they only advertise like the top tier version of it. I think they were. That's I totally think, possible. I think what they were advertising was the upgrade, like the upgrade to the like elite version of the game or whatever they called it. But maybe either, either way. way, I saw the price I got and it grossed me the fuck out. Yeah. Either way, it's an incomplete game. It's got a lot of potential. I think it could be really good, but I don't think right now it's a complete game. And they just should have told us that. And I think we'd all be in a lot better space. No, Uncle Kyle, I do not think it has anything to do with the sale of the company. Not right now. Um, I will be curious to see if anything changes, if Microsoft does acquire the company. Uh, But we'll have to see how that lawsuit pans out. So that'll be a conversation for another time. That'll probably be a whole episode of the podcast. I probably won't have that much to say about it, but it will be interesting to see how that lawsuit unfolds because it's been a while since we've seen, or at least since I've seen, like a merger get held back due to a lawsuit. Maybe it it happens all the time and I just don't pay attention because it's not in like the gaming world or something that I pay attention to, but it will be interesting to see if they're able to acquire this because it's going to put a huge monopoly in the hands of Microsoft, not that they don't already have one, but... Uh, it'll also affect PC gaming a lot because you're looking at a predominantly console-based provider, even though obviously you have Windows and everything too, but predominantly Microsoft from a gaming perspective focuses on Xbox. So it'll be interesting to see how that transitions over. Well, that's also something they were saying is like that Microsoft wanted to buy it primarily to like up to grade their mobile games or something. Like, I don't oh, know. There was gross. a weird explanation with it. That's dumb. Very. All right. Anything else to say about this? Fix, uh, fix your shit. Activate. Fix your fucking servers too. By the way, you guys God are a it. billion dollar company. Billion dollars are bad. Really you guys bad. have gotten a lot of scan and repair reports from me, where I talk about how your dog <laughs> shit fucking game doesn't work. <laughs> Every time I do a, a scan and repair report, I like put all caps. Fix your servers, please. Yeah. I'm like your I. Nade <laughs> shot had a great rage moment on stream about it a while ago, where he was basically like, "You're a billion dollar fucking company. And you do this shit every year." Yeah. He's like, "What the fuck is your problem?" Yep, it's pretty bad. And it should be. Fix your shit. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to leave it up to you. Do you want to start spicy or end spicy? Let's start spicy. Starting off spicy. Jake, I want your commentary, thoughts, opinions, first thoughts on Brittany Griner being released from Russian prison and the exchange that happened with the United States government and the Russian government, which led to that release from Russian prison. I think it's awesome Brittany Griner got to come home. Same. I understand the frustration people have with who was sent back to Russia. Yes. And I understand why they're upset, but I also recognize that our relations with Russia are not good. Nope. Haven't been for a very long time. Any situation, anything that went down with this exchange, getting Brittany Griner back, was never going to be... Some like people were never going to be happy with how we got her back, flat out. Yeah, that's probably true. And it, there's so many things that make this harder, including the fact that she was caught with marijuana. Mm-hmm. Like that was indisputable. She admitted it. That makes it harder because it's very illegal there. I'd have to look back at the storyline of it because I think she actually didn't admit it and was like, "I don't know how this got in there," and then maybe eventually said that it was like in the bottom of a bag that she forgot about. Either way, all I know, she pleaded guilty. She said, whatever. She did it. I understand people are upset. I understand why people are upset. But ultimately, there's a reason that the regular average everyday person is not in charge of prisoner negotiations. That's true. Between two countries who notably do not like each other. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have a lot of different thoughts about this. I'm going to kind of tackle this one angle at a time. And the first one that I'm going to talk about is... If you're going to travel outside of the United States 
and you're from the United States or from whatever country you're from, if you're going to travel to another country, you need to understand the laws of the country or place, state, whatever that you're traveling to specifically when it comes to like import export style things. Like, can I take this with me? Can I take prescriptions with me? Can I take whatever it is, you know, pay attention and understand that. And you can find that very easily. It's open access information to anybody that wants to find it. That's a very good travel search. Do that. Can I take weed to this country? Right. Can I take weed on an airplane? You can't even take weed (laughs) to some States. Like, so yeah, like just pay attention when you're traveling, understand what it is. And then my, my second thought on this is the legality are from like, you know, the traveling with whatever is I don't feel bad for you if you get caught with something that you weren't supposed to do, period dot. I don't feel bad for you. And I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry to like the people that think that that's gross that I don't, but I have really no empathy for you if you break the law of whatever country you're traveling to and you get caught doing it and then you get whatever the punishment was. And so I I, th- I think that's like kind of the, the, the first angle that I have to say <laughs> about that. Um, so when I found out like she went to jail, right? Like I wasn't surprised. Um, right. And then I'll get into kind of some of the political angles of this in a second, but and like why her sentence may have been harsher than it was supposed to be. But, and, and I agree with you. Like, I'm glad she's, she made it back. Right. Like I have no qualms about that whatsoever. I am glad that she made it home. This is a good thing. Right. Um, right. I don't necessarily agree with the chain, like the swap, but I also, it's not, it's not my fucking place. Right. Like I don't, I don't really care about that either. And then I think it's kind of fucking gross to be completely honest. And like, I am maybe outspokenly, frustrated by the situation a little bit initially and i still think it's gross that people are like making fantasy football trade jokes about it yeah that's like that's i pulled up twitter up. that day and all i was seeing was like this I is worse to... than my fantasy football dynasty trade and i was just like that's fucked up i had to mute it i like i literally muted britney griner for like a week because like, it, it really it like jokes. grossed me out like to start seeing and it was like hundreds of them right hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of yeah. these tweets of like people being like oh the worst trade in american history and it's like Fuck you. Okay. You so, should have at least gotten a second round pick back too. Right. Dude, it was like, like shit like up. that. Like it was gross. And like, you need to fuck right off when it comes to that. And you need to think about the fact that like, whether you agree with what was traded, exchanged in terms of like the agreement or whatever, human lives were affected by this. And so don't make it about some fucking stupid, sh- like trivial shit, like fancy. Yeah. That's like dumb. I don't, do don't, that. don't get me wrong. I like to go viral on Twitter every now and again, but I'm not that desperate for likes. Yeah. Don't do that. It's dumb. Okay. So I had another thought and I lost it. So I'm going to go on to my next one and I pulled up some sites. I'm not going to share my screen or anything, but I'm just going to talk to some through, through a couple things. And the first one that I think everybody should probably read if you live in the United States, because I think it gives you a lot of, um, uh, guidance from a political spec perspective of what's going on with our country and other countries. And I say our country being from the United States. So there's a thing called the national defense strategy. And I think everybody should read it. And I know that sounds stupid. Uh, and it's like a political thing that a lot of people don't care about, but it's really not that long. And every time a president takes over the office and then some several times within their own term, they will reissue the national defense strategy. And when you look at this, it's going to tell you, from a defense perspective, what the priorities are for the United States government. And at the very, very top of that document, literally probably on the first page, maybe even in the table of contents, if I had to look at this one that that was released this year, you're gonna see some countries that are in not open, but open conflict with the United States. So right now, those are China, Russia, North Korea. That's in the national defense strategy. You can go read that yourself, right? If you're going to travel outside the United States, you probably shouldn't go to those places. And some people are like, fuck you. I have nothing to do with politics. I'm going to go travel to those places. Not a good idea. It's just not a good idea. You're opening yourself up to these types of situations where you do something petty, for example, like say you didn't travel with weed, but you go to like Russia and you get a speeding ticket. You might now have turned a speeding ticket into like an arrest and an interrogation. And you're sitting in some like, you know, like things like that. Like don't go to those places. That is an advisement and an opinion of my own opinion. But I think if you read that document as a person that lives within the United States, you can understand the political controversy of other countries with the United States, and it might help you make an informed decision. And this is also a thing like that doesn't just include countries we're in conflict in. Like if you go to countries that we are allies with, they do not care. They will charge you more because you're an American 
and you are going to go home and not risk. That could like, be true. Like, I, I saw like plenty of Twitter threads about people who like one guy went to, I want to, I, it was a European country. I'm not going to say it just so I don't like misquote sure. it, but basically it was, it was the same kind of thing. Like they, a minor offense turned into something much bigger because he was not from that country. Yeah. And, and it's, that could it's be an offense that an American just coming yeah. from any sort of, you know, it could have been any other, exactly. It could have been any other country. It could have been like uh, someone from an Asian country or a Middle Eastern country or yeah. a South African country. Like it could have been anybody that was going there, but because you are not from there, it's just like if you get a speeding ticket in, in the United States in a different state, like if you get a yeah. speeding ticket in Florida, if you get pulled over in Florida for speeding, I'm just going to use this as an example, and you're sure. from Illinois, they're going to give you that ticket because you they know you are going to pay that. Not guaranteed, but more likely. More than right? likely. Because yeah. you're not going to come back to court and like pay all the, you know. Yeah, you're not going to fly a, back to there's Florida. There's a lower chance of them not getting that the return on that. For exactly. Sure. So this yeah. goes anytime you travel abroad. Yeah. Don't and break so, the law there. Don't break the law here. I just remember the other angle I'm going to take, so I'm going to squeeze in really quick and say this. And this is, this bothers me a little bit. And so I think, Okay, I'm going to, this is going to turn into two things. So one of them is, don't, um, I think it bothers me a little bit because I, I can't remember who said this, but at some point in time, somebody said that like Griner didn't make enough as an NBA star, so she needed to go get supplemental income by playing for this team in Russia. And I don't like that. And that might be a hot take, but I think that's a little bit gross too because like the average NBA star makes like $250,000 a year, something around in there, like way less than their male counterparts, totally different discussion. They should get paid more for what they do in comparison to the other people that are in their field. But we can have that conversation another time. The, the thing that I think is a little gross is like, you can maintain a really fucking good standard of living at a quarter of a million dollars a year. So you're like, you are not in desperate straits that you need to go play for a comp or a country that is an open like political confrontation with the United States. So I want to get that one out of the way. Uh, and I'm going to blank on the other thing. So I'm going to go on to my next one, unless you have something to say about that. So while I agree with you to an extent, you obviously can live a very, very great life on that level of money. Some important things to note here. If I'm reading this correctly, her salary from her Russian team was over a million dollars US. So she was earning five times as much by playing for this team as she was for playing playing in the United that States. That could be totally for the, true. For the WNBA. So that's yeah. one thing. So realistically, yes, I totally understand. You can live a great life on $200,000 a year, but also as an elite athlete at your level, this goes for any level of professional sports. You're paying more because you need more training. You need better nutrition. You need all of these things to maintain that standard. So while I get that, there is a, a part of it that says to me, like, I understand why she was, you know, tra like looking for more income, but I understand where you are coming from yeah. in saying that they're not making, they're making more than enough. Yeah, like to live that's a good life. well not, over not double what, what I make, do, but... and I am super comfortable. I'm not a fucking superstar athlete that needs like personal trainers and shit, but I feel like if I made double what I make now, I could afford that. <laughs> but um, that's like that's kind of like a side jab that like is maybe my least popular take, but I just didn't like that when I heard that. It's it's but if you think about like when you hear about LeBron, like LeBron spends like a million dollars a month just to keep his body in tip top shape. Like to do everything to the best sure. possible ability, and if you're a, an elite athlete, I understand why you have a desire to do that. Yeah, I do too. I get why you want to. I under I understand. I think it's lavish. You know? I don't know if it was. Ne I won't say it was necessary to earn more money, but I understand why the desire is there. Yeah, I keep losing my other one, so I'm going to go to my next point, and this might be my final point because we're starting to run out of time on the topic. My final point uh, on this one is uh, whether you care about politics or not. If you are a resident of the United States or any like probably most countries, you could use this as a reference. I'm guessing like if you're from like a, um, I don't know, like a Western society type of place, <laughs> but I'm sure you're each individual government has something similar to this. So the United States government has a place called travel.state.gov. And if you go to travel.state.gov, it's going to tell you travel advisories and there's a specific section for this. And it's going to tell you, um, Travel precautions essentially is what it what it bases itself around of places that you you can go if you want. Actually, you can go to any of them, but it's going to say reasons that you should not. Right, right. Um, so things like right now, Afghanistan, for example, level four precautions. Don't travel there. Pretty sensible, right? China is also on here. I think maybe as a do not travel. I'd have to look. 
Uh, but Ukraine and Russia, I'm almost 100% positive, are both in here as, yeah, Russian travel advisory. Level four, do not travel. Okay, so the United States government is telling you before you even think about going to that country that they as a entity, uh, United States is saying, don't go there. Yeah. They're not saying that you can't. They're not going to stop you. You have your passport. You can go where you want. But they are telling you, don't do this. It is a bad idea. So if you're going to travel somewhere out of the country, do a quick little travel.state.gov and look at the country that you're going to. Because even, even if it's not like a do not travel, it might say level two precautions. Do this while you're there or whatever. And they'll give you recommendations from a government basis of like how to protect yourself when traveling. Something to look at, and it's a free resource, and there's a ton of information there. So that's all I'm saying is, like, be careful when you're traveling. Yeah. Understand what is going on, because politics might bite you in the ass if you don't pay attention. Very much so. Very much could. I think that's most of what I had to say about this. That being said, again, I'm glad she's home. Yes. You could take, insert X individual here, right? And I could have the exact same conversation. It has nothing to do with Brittany Griner as a human. Or as an individual, this is like conceptually speaking topic, right? With like taking the name out of the conversation. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what it boils down to is that obviously Brittany Griner has a big name. She has a big presence. But any American who is in a, a similar situation, I would want to be brought home. Yes. Obviously, it being Brittany Griner is probably the reason why you have somebody the level of who was sent back being sent back. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Here's Somebody, one final note. Nobody should be in prison or jail or serving time in any way, shape, or form for marijuana. Agreed. 100%. Stupid. Very stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. It's a plant. It is end a plant. Day. All right. That's all I got to say on that. Spicy, like t- spicy topic. I do. That was nice and spicy. Speaking of spicy, this cider. I'm about to finish the rest of it before I hop into my next beer. But it is a spice cider. You get a very nice spicy note. It's not overly sweet. It's like a nice baking spice to it. It's very good. It's like a one or two beer beer. It's not like a have a six pack of Angry Orchards type cider. Sure. But I'm gonna give it a solid three seven five. Okay. I'm gonna give this IPA a three because it is pretty like smooth for an IPA. I guess is how I would describe it. It's not crazy hoppy, which probably would gross out like IPA fans. Uh, but I think it was really drinkable, but it still had like that hoppy flavor without being overpowering. Three points. Sounds interesting. All right. What's your next one? Uh, my next beer, I'm not going to say the name of the brewery um, because uh, I don't support their actions. Um, but it's uh, called Cherry Lime Bohemian. It is a sour ale with cherry and lime. Uh, it is from a brewery out of Des Moines, Iowa. If you look up breweries in Des Moines, Iowa, you can see why this brewery is not in great favor with a lot of people. Okay. They do not support the homeless population for mm. starters. Gotcha. Very anti-homeless people out there. So we're not going to support them, but Uncle <laughs> Kyle bought me the beer, so I will drink the beer. All right, I'm moving on to Fort Rock Brewing. Uh, it's from Rancho Cordova, and it is their tent topper Fest beer. It is a German type of beer. I like it. Uh, yep. Doesn't say much else about it. It says it's going to transport you to Oktoberfest. So, can I give this a Damn, shot? I would have grabbed my... I do have an Oktoberfest, actually, that I never drank. I could have grabbed that and gone October. I don't October think I saw you, this in stores during October, though. I saw it, like, There's so many... In recently. I, every Oktoberfest beer that I saw was for sale in, like, August. Yeah, I... Well, I mean, obviously, I bought this one in... I just got this a couple weeks ago at most so it was like late november early december so speaking of craft beer this is not a sponsored episode by any means nope but i like free money so i'm going to insert my tavor link referral link for tavor into the bio of our video it is a craft beer uh, purchasing service essentially um, where you can buy craft beers from all across the country and if you are in a state that it ships to it will ship to your state if you use the code or the link that is in the bio to sign up for that when you spend twenty dollars we both get ten or i get ten i don't know but i think i get ten i know i get ten so use the link so jake can afford the beer for the podcast and maybe i'll split some of it with kyle 
because it does ship to California. It ships to like 36 states. It's got beer from like 39. So Ooh, that is interesting. follow the link that will be in the bio of this video and it'll be a part of our link tree moving forward as well so that the boys can get some of their beer paid for if anybody signs up with the link. Okay. Jake, what's your second topic? Not gonna lie to you. I have absolutely no plans for a second topic here. I was hoping your first topic would inspire me for a second topic. I hope you're inspired. It, not <laughs> at all. Um, so what Whoa. I'm going to talk about here is actually something that I'm thinking up right off the rip here. Um, okay, so I got it. What are your thoughts on personality tests? Do you think they hold any merit in society? Do you think that you can tell something by a person by knowing their personality type? Specifically speaking, um, there's major ones such as the Myers-Briggs personality mm -hmm. test, your Enneagram. Do you know your personality types for anything? Yeah, and what are your thoughts was, on them? I was forced to do this because of work at one point in time. Um, and I think that there is merit in the sense of if you try to take it seriously when you're doing whatever thing is going to tell you what type of personality, um, I think you can probably look at that and go, here are some qualities about myself that I notice and can relate to and maybe some ways that like some things are a weakness and a strength. And so I think it can help you self-identify those things. That being said, as a whole, I don't find them very useful um, I don't know. I, I took a couple because of work and they made me and I was like, cool. Right. Like it's, I understand this. I already right. knew most of this stuff. It's just telling me things that I already know about myself. Uh, but it might have like highlighted like, Hey, this is a weakness of your type of personality and like, right. Or maybe it helps you to like, for example, when it comes to, and I can't remember which type of one that it is, like what's the one that's four letters? What type that's of that's Myers Briggs? Briggs. Yeah. So with Myers Briggs, your first one is either introvert or extrovert. And I think that a lot of people don't understand that conceptually. And you need to like take a second and realize that like people that are introverted might still like social interaction, but it just drains them of their energy. Right. Like, so it's, it's like, it helps you better understand that type of a personality right. in a way that's not just like, I don't want to be around anybody ever as an introvert, right? It's like, I lose energy by doing this and I need time to recover kind of a thing. And that that's kind of a good way to think about it when it comes to dealing with your friends or coworkers or other things that are introverts. So there is like a, I would say like very base layer value that you can use to kind of help identify things and understand people a little better, but surface level, not like that much value in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you there. If you understand what they are and how they can be used properly, which I have a whole degree kind of wrapped around leadership and how you can use a lot of these personality tests to better understand how to lead a team of certain people or lead a type of person, it can be beneficial. But it also, I think some people get too wrapped up in their personality type and the, the response that they get, whether that's their Enneagram number, their, their personality type. I'll use my wife as an example. Jess is an ENFP. By what that means uh, for the Myers-Briggs personality Extrovert. test. Got Extrovert. Extrovert. <laughs> intuitive. Feeling. And prospecting. Those are the personality traits that are the most prevalent in her based on how she answered the questions that were part of the test. She, if her personality type ever changed when she took this test, I think she would have a minor identity crisis and I think she would tell you the same. <laughs> Whereas I have taken the test four different times and gotten four different results based yeah. off of how, like who I am as a person because your day. personality yeah. changes. And it even says when you even look up the Myers- towards those questions, yeah. Exactly. And when you look up the Myers-Briggs test, it even says like your personality is going to change over time. That's okay. And so now, like the first time I took it, I was an ENTP, which is basically the exact same as my wife, except instead of feeling, I was more lo like thinker, more logical. I took it recently. I'm an INTP. I'm an introvert, intuitive, thinking, prospecting. And I'm, I've always teetered on the introvert extrovert side of things. And that's exactly like, that's something that I realized more recently is the introverts. Like I've always enjoyed social interaction. So I always thought I was an extrovert, but like I never thought about how after I hang out with people for a couple of days, I'm like, I just want to 
relax. <laughs> just chill. Just not do anything. Carly said while we're on this topic, she'd like to know our love languages. Um, and I guess, so that one, I think outside of personality testing, I think love languages is actually kind of an interesting thing. And like, at least about your partner, you probably should know the answer to that question. Oh, I do. Um, yeah. And because I think that, um, that can help you understand how to take care of the person that you're with. And so there is some value there, but from a personality quiz perspective thing, like that to me is just like, if you're having an identity crisis, I'll, 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 I'll say that, like, maybe that's really helpful. <laughs> I don't know. I just, at first, I think when I, I when I thought about that, that type of thing, it made me think of like, um, astrology, not astrology. That's not the right word. What's yeah. it called? Is it astrology? Yeah. The you're, fucking you're, astrological signs or whatever yeah. that shit. That's what I thought of when I first started seeing like, good for you. I know that. That's what I actually, I had a coworker who was very into it. So we did the whole thing where like, I knew my, like my moons and when things, dumb. mercury dumb. retrograde and all of that dumb, fun dumb stuff. Dumb. It made sense, but I'm I also, also like super, read very, very not superstitious. So when you I'm, like talk about that kind of shit, I'm just like, I'm, I'm not superstitious, up. but I'm a You're little, I'm a little stitious. Yeah. You're pretty stitious in my opinion. Anyway, so uh, love language. Carly would say that she is all of the love languages, which is pretty true. She loves to be loved in all of the ways. Uh, for me, I think when I've taken, I think she made me take a quiz one time and it said that my- I'm taking the quiz right now because like, I remember what my number one was, but I want to remember all like how I, they all break down. For I think me. my number one was words of affirmation, which Carly doesn't believe. Jess's um, is acts of service. Mine is physical touch. Tizical punch. Tizical punch. Carly is a big tizical punch person. Yes. Physical yes. touch, number one for me. I remember that. But I want to remember how they rank, so I'm trying to do the test real quick. I could do it again. I don't know how long it is. I probably won't do it on the podcast. I'm just doing it because I can hold the conversation and do it at the same time. One thing my wife can't do, thing I learned from personality tests. She is supposedly not supposed to be a good multitasker, and my wife may be the worst multitasker I've ever met in my entire life. Sorry, honey. I love you but you would admit that too. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't have that much else to say about the personality test topic unless you had another prompt of that question. No, I was just, I was just kind of, cause everybody has a different opinion on it, right? Like some people think you can tell so much by a person by knowing it. Yet like when I took my Enneagram, I want to say it was like an Enneagram eight. I don't know what that means now, but that number is what I think I got. And like it, I, have no idea what that means. You could be like, and I've seen people lose their mind over it. Like yeah. somebody was in Enneagram four, this musician's wife was also in Enneagram four and they were like, I guess that's why I love your music. And I'm like, that makes no fucking sense to me. Like I, I like was, the music too. And I'm not that number that makes like the last I was on a work trip there. with a guy one time that bought the book and he was like die hard into it. Like trying to figure out the difference between his wife's and his number. And I was like, dude, good for you. And he's like, well, do you want to figure out your number? And I was like, I don't know. What do I need to do? And he's like, oh, you just flip through the numbers and like read them. And like you figure out which one you connect with the most. And I was like, that's stupid. I'm not. No, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> that's dumb. I'm not going to do that. Dave says with all these types of things, there's typically a lot of nuance and gray area and dyna yeah, dynamism yeah. opposed to yeah. all or nothing. And that's very true. And that's why I think that's what the one thing I do like about the Myers-Briggs test is it's like you scored this percent on this one yeah, sure. versus this percent on this one. Because it's really just four things and you can be one of two things on the four. And it's always going to be a spectrum. Unless you're my dad. He's the only person I've ever seen get 100% on one. Really? There's So there's a fifth letter that's like assertive or yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. the last one. And my dad was 100% yeah. assertive. And if you knew mm. my dad, you're like, checks. Yeah. That makes sense. That being said, though, <laughs> the... Uh... You're trying to like categorize every type of personality into like five letters. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like that's just not realistic anyway. Right. So like not everybody is probably like a, in it, like you said with the percentage thing, but like there is so much more to your personality than those five categories. You know, like there's just, yeah. Yeah. It gives you a good baseline, but it's not, it should not be all or nothing. And that's yeah. what, that's one thing that we learned when we took the classes where we kind of covered some of these two is that it was like, this is a good place to start, but you also need to get to know the person to see if that actually is true and makes sense. Uh, I am an adult. You are also doing the love language quiz? <laughs> yeah. We should have done this live. That would have been... <laughs> yeah, we should have. Kyle's fourth topic. 
No. Harley my, says, I've got to go her opinion, who they really trust, um, said that Enneagram was pretty close to astrology and accuracy, but the Myers-Briggs is a great test. And that, I, I would agree with that. I think Myers-Briggs has a lot more logic to it than the Enneagram test does. Yeah, and I don't disagree that Myers Briggs was like accurate to my personality type yeah, at all. Agree, but Same. I think you're like again. I think one thing is that you're trying to overly categorize people into a very specific, you know, niche parts of the personality. But also, um, it's it doesn't. I wouldn't say it overly tells people like things about themselves unless you're like having a major identity crisis. Like if you do not understand yourself at all, Myers Briggs will probably surprise you. But if you have some sort of self understanding of the way that you interact with the world, then you're probably yeah. gonna like type all the shit in, hit the calculate button and go, yeah, this totally makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dave points point out that if you're like trying to classify yourself into a hard inflexible category, it's usually BS. And I would agree if you know, people are, everything about us is fluid. Like there's some days where I want to be around my friends. I want to hang out with people. I want to, you know, do all the things. And then there's days where I do not want to leave my bed. I want to cuddle up with Jess and the dogs, just sit there, watch movies, Order in Postmates, DoorDash, Uber Eats, whatever it may be. I'm not going to give one credit because nobody sponsors us yet. Not a sponsor. But we're we're different people day to day. We we have a lot of the same personality traits every single day, but there are things about us that change every day, and we should be willing to accept that these personality tests do not tell us everything we need to know about ourselves. Yes. I also hate being surprised, so I'm pretty sure that gifts like the or like gift giving receiving whatever that love language is is my lowest one i like receiving gifts from carly carly is a great gift giver i would agree she's a great gift giver so other gifts are just kind of like i don't like being i like receiving gifts from people but i don't like surprises so if i know what somebody if somebody asks me i'm gonna get this for you is that okay yes I love that. But if you tell me, Jess does this shit all the time because she knows I hate surprises. So she's like, I've got a surprise for you. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I do that to Carly. You have to know. You don't get to know. It's 17 days from now, by the way. So you have to, your anxiety has to peak. Carly hates that shit. Carly yeah, says, I love. Everybody loves. Yes, I, absolutely. I love getting gifts. When I came and visited you guys, You, I've said it many times. It might have been the best, like the best birthday i've ever had in a sense of like good surprises got to do everything i wanted to do it was amazing and i have carly and kind of kyle to thank for that i'm pretty sure he woke up to get the donuts fuck i don't remember might have been her she would know she has a way better memory than i do yeah that's it all right that's my topic I'm i got a good one love language as we talk I got a good one last and one. so if anybody routinely listens to this podcast they're gonna know that two weeks ago on our episode I told Jake that I was going to give him this topic. This is what we're going to talk about on the next episode. And I forgot last week, but I know I with a hundred percent certainty that Jake doesn't remember at all because every time that I've ever done this on an episode of the podcast and I say, we're going to talk about this. Jake never remembers. Not once. He has a O for like eight track record, of this. which is crazy. Cause I actually have a very, very good memory, except when it comes to this podcast. So I'm quite sure that you have no idea what's coming. Not a clue. And with that, I'm going to put you on the spot and make you say the first thing first. Jake, today we're going to talk about bucket lists. Yes, okay. And I wanted us each to have time to think about this and put our lists together. And I knew Jake would forget. So here we are. Jake's unprepared. He has no idea. I'm very prepared. But I'm Joke's still going to make you, you go first. I got an iPhone note. Hold on. <laughs> uh, hold on, I got to scroll. I haven't updated it in a while, so this may not be 100%. I accurate. updated mine today. Of course you did. Of course I did. I was prepared. Okay. Bucket list item number one. You ready? I'm so ready. This. It's so exciting. I want to be, I want to go to the clinching game of my, one of my favorite sports teams winning a world. That's title. a good one. That's a good one. Whether that's, a Super Bowl for the Bears, World Series for the Cubs. Don't like really any other sports. It'd be cool to go to a Blackhawks clinching game. If I had a favorite golfer, see them win the FedEx Cup. But yeah, I just want to see that in person. It's obviously amazing being a part of it, even just watching it you know, yeah. on TV at home with your friends and family. But I want to be there, man. I want to be at Wrigley 
game seven, extra innings, walk-off home run. You can't tell me there would be a better moment in your entire life. Yeah, that'd be dope. Jess knows how close the Cubs World Series was to being the most important day of my life with our marriage being a very close first. But if I was there in person, our, my wedding might be number two. And she knows was, that, and she ha- she's okay with that. I was at a house party in 2011 when the Cardinals won the World Series. And I don't follow baseball nearly as closely as I did in high school. I followed it a lot more then. And really, it was only Cardinals. I, I shouldn't say baseball. I followed Cardinals baseball. And I was sitting there in the middle of this house party. Everyone's like talking and having a good time. And I was staring at the fucking TV with like this one other dude that was a Cardinals fan. And we were just like, oh my God, it's happening. And it was awesome. Oh, that so, yeah, was being me. Being in person would have been crazy. During the 2016 World Series, I started watching it at work. And nobody there was that. We had a couple Cubs fans, but nobody was like my level of Cubs fan. And then I got off work, rushed home to my parents' house. And I'm watching it with my dad, who's admittedly not a, like, he's a Cubs fan, but he's a Yankees fan first. You. My mom, who's a White Sox fan, and Jess, who could not give a flying fuck about any sport, any time, any day. And so I am losing my mind at everything that happens. And my parents are like almost getting mad because I am screaming. I am slamming my hands on shit when things are going bad because they were going bad there for a while. Oh, but yeah. Wild. Wild. That was the David Freeze World Series. Yes, Dave. It was crazy because David Freeze was like nobody. Was he? And then he turned into the home God. run fucking superstar. He turned into God. The number of jerseys of David Freeze that were sold during and after that World Series is just like disgusting because I don't even know if he played the next year and if he did, he was inconsequential to the team. Like never again was he important to the roster. Crazy. Good Dave times. says one of his bucket list items is to meet me at the next Fantasy Football Expo. Dave, I need them to move the Fantasy Football Expo from the weekend of my softball tournaments because it always falls on a softball tournament weekend. So I need them to move the day. I need them to accommodate me. Because I can't, I keep winning softball tournaments, so I got to keep going to them. I can't, I'm integral to this team's success because they didn't win a single title for like 30 fucking years until I showed up. Humble brag. Maybe not so humble. Anyway, the not first thing at, at the top of my list is traveling Europe. And specifically, I think it'd be really fun to train travel Europe. And even more specifically than that, I'd really like to go see World War Hit 2 history in Europe via train stops like stop uh, can i come with place. i yeah. want to add that to my bucket list yeah that's i want awesome. that so bad i've wanted it my whole life i think it would be amazing i currently in my house have a train traveler's guide to europe and a train map so that i can start planning this out because it is going to fucking happen and i am thinking about doing it for for and or around my next birthday but i really want that shit to happen so bad it's on my bucket yeah. list number one that'd be awesome softball is a big deal to me dave it is slowly become baseball was a big deal to me. And then I couldn't play baseball for a while. And then I found softball and now softball is a big thing to me. That glove right there. That one has won two slow pitch softball championships. I'm just saying for those that are not watching this on YouTube, Jake is pointing to a glove directory. It is a Chris, it is a Chris Bryant model pro preferred 12 inch H web blonde blue highlights. It's a great glove. Anyways. Um, yeah, no, that is a very, very solid has to happen. Yes. Um, for me, number two on the bucket list, uh, according to uh, my list that I have here on my phone anyway, Yep. is I want to go to Australia, specifically Australia. That's on Carly's don't, bucket list. Don't know why. Have just always been fascinated with the country and have always wanted to go there. I missed my shot. I had a friend who played pro soccer there for a couple of years, and he always was like, dude, just come out. And I was like, you know how expensive those fucking plane tickets are? It was when I did not have enough money to travel to Australia. But I always think it's awesome. There's a golf course there that like takes place over the Sahara Desert. And like you have to, I don't know if it's Sahara Desert or just part of, not Sahara Desert. It's the wrong part desert. Of the, yes. Part of the big desert there is like the golf course is a big part of it. And I want to go there. I want to play that course. I want to see Sydney. I want to see everything. I want to see the, the Outback. That's the place I'm looking for. The Outback. The Outback, not the Sahara. <clears throat> wrong continent. Anyways, yes, I want to go there really, really bad. I would like to I would like to go to New Zealand as part of that too. Maori culture has always been super intriguing to me, so I'd like to learn it from the people. But I'll have to stick to learning the culture from TikTok, I guess. 
You still right. haven't listened to Green Lights. I know you haven't or read it, but Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights, he talks about his experience in Australia, and you need to listen to it because it's fucking hilarious. I'm uh, ready. Goes for everybody, not just Jake. All right, next on my list, and I'm going to mention this one. This isn't, this isn't really in a particular order, but uh, also on my list is New Zealand because I want to see where Lord of the Rings was filmed. That Ooh, is my motivation to yeah. go there. It has nothing to do with culture, unfortunately. Shit, you and I are just going to take a world I want fucking to go there tour, so that I can see where Lord of the Rings is filmed. Yeah, that one's that one's very very good. Um, Whenever you're done, you keep firing. I'll fire back. If we have to talk in the middle, let's do it. But we let's uh let's just kind of tear through these lists. I want to go bungee jumping. That is something that is absolutely not on my bucket list. But skydiving is skydiving is on my bucket. Here's list. why skydiving could also be included in this. My skydiving scares the shit out of me. My biggest fear in life is heights. Even getting on a ladder is like sketch like starting it's to push it for me it is <laughs> um so doing something like that would not only really help me conquer my fear but it would also be me facing a fear head on which is something i don't yeah, frequently do so i think something like that would be absolutely amazing um i would love to climb a mountain don't have a specific mountain i have mind, zero but I'd like interest in that mostly because i think it would kill me i'm not into mountain climbing um let's Look my here. next on my list is eating at a Michelin star restaurant. I'm going Ooh. to do it. I need to do it. I will do it. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's like a thousand dollars a plate. But Doesn't, I don't come, give a fuck. You want to come it. to Chicago and we'll go to Alinea. I'm going to a Michelin star restaurant. Alinea is like recognized as one of the, like the top restaurants in the. You know what we can do? Hit two birds with one stone. On my list also is seeing a baseball game at Wrigley before that stadium changes. I need to see Wrigley before anything changes. All right, you're you're coming up here next year. So we'll go to Wrigley and then we'll go to a Michelin star restaurant. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let me, let me look up Michelin star restaurants in Chicago while we're There's probably it. plenty. Though I'm sure. Guess. Do you care how many Michelin stars? Mm-mm. I just need to go to a Michelin star restaurant. Michelin guide. There's Dude, I grew 20... up so fucking poor. I need to go to like the, this ridiculously overly fancy restaurant just to be like, I fucking did it. I made it. Here I am. Let's see. That and the food's probably delicious. Ooh, Esme is very good. Esme is a, in Chicago. Boca, Alinea is like world like the chef from alinea is like it's like one of the like a lot it's a restaurant that is on a lot of people's bucket list because Speaking it is of, have you good. seen the bear i have i've watched a couple episodes of Watch it i have not gotten show. very into it yet um let's see here um sorry i'm also doing a mock draft while this is going on so something that i've been trying to do since i was a kid and i finally finally 2020 no 2019 sorry unmuted burp or muted burp that's you got it in 2019 i bought tickets to cross this off my bucket list and that was seeing def leppard live in concert i've been a Mm. def leppard fan since i was a small child i've loved def leppard forever i got the tickets i'm going to do it i am so ready for it cancels because of covid I'm popping Uncle Kyle's comment real quick back up on Good. the screen because he mentioned that my mom got to travel uh, by train through Europe in college. My mom's favorite band is also Def Leppard. Hell yeah. That's awesome. So you and my mom might be the same person. She can come hang out with Carla and I as I make this adventure. She's down. So it was so sad because it cancels for COVID, right? But then they roll the tickets to the next year. And I was like, all right, so so be it. And when they roll it to the next year, they roll it to my birthday. And I was like, oh, great. I'll see it on my birthday in 2021. It gets to my birthday time frame, like a little bit before my birthday. They cancel again because of COVID. And then they move it to the next year. So they're like, 2022, we're finally doing this concert. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going. I remember this. And then I moved to fucking California. I can't go. I can't make it because of work. I can't get the tickets to get, or fly out there. So I have to give the tickets away to cross off my bucket list item. And I was so mad. Yeah, that's tough. So I didn't get to go. So that's still on my bucket list. And I still want to go. And I have to do it because eventually they're going to stop touring. And it makes me nervous. I've, there is a Michelin star brewery in Chicago. A brewery? That's interesting. It is, a, it is Moody Tongue Brewing Company. Um, the chef presided over a uh, restaurant called Longman and Eagle, which had a seven-year run as a Michelin-starred restaurant. And their brewmaster uh, replaced a... Uh, anyways, it has, as of this year, has two Michelin stars, and it is a brew pub. Hell I think yeah. that has to be the one we go That's to. That's pretty cool. 
We'll down, do down. a live episode of the podcast. <laughs> just at the no, restaurant. They'd be like, yeah, just on our phones. They'd be like, and you're banned. No, that'd be good though. All right, what's uh, next on your list? Uh, for me, I want to see the Northern Lights. That'd be cool. It's not on my list, but that would be really cool. Yeah, I've always been fascinated by space, the stars, the everything, the lights, every everything that has to do with the sky. The sky has always been super intriguing to me ever since I was a kid, which is weird because I've never been into like planes or anything like that. Um, but stuff like that is really cool. And that's, I feel like something that like, that's something you tell people about. Yeah, 100%. Like that's, like that's something that like, if you've done it, you, everybody knows you've done it. And that's it. one of those things you need to go do and don't take a fucking picture of it. Just go oh. experience that. Yeah, Jess, mm, Jess has to take a picture of everything that we do. And I'm just like, no. And she's like, but what if you forget? And I was like, I won't. I just have like this dumb confidence that I'll never forget anything I've ever done. Dave, there's probably Michelin star restaurants in Toronto. Oh, there's, you can look at it, but I would not be. be shocked. In the meantime, while Jake's Googling this, I'm going to burn through the rest of my list because we are out of time. So I want to go to Disney World and not because I want to go see Disney shit. I want to go and see the Star Wars universe at Disney World, especially after I saw Universal Harry Potter and it made my life. Um, next, I want to... Carly Carly and I uh, added this one to the list because I'm a big Harry Potter fan, as I just mentioned, and I want to have a naked cat named Dobby because I think that would be cool. All right. I want to go scuba diving in Thailand because I heard it's some of the best diving in the world. I want to fly Mach 1, which is the most unrealistic thing on my entire bucket list. Cause I'd have to get into a fighter jet to do it, but I really want to do it. Uh, I want to surf somewhere cool in the world. I've never surfed in my life. I want to go try to find fucking do it in some cool place. Owning an electric car. Uh, I already mentioned Wrigley. I want to go to New York. I've never been to New York. I want to go. I also want to have a Philly in Philly. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and then in general wrapped into that, I want to do some East coast travel. Uh, I want to travel on an airplane first class in one of those fancy ass fucking personal pods. Yep. Because that's so far out of reach for me financially, but it's on my bucket list. But it's got to be one of those like 24 hour flights. So you really get your something absurd. I want to drive a ridiculous sports car at some point in my life. I want to go skydiving. I already mentioned, and I want to have a Guinness in Ireland at the Guinness brewery. That's my whole list that I came up with. I like it. I want to go to Ireland to wrap. I'm going to wrap up my list real quick. want to go to Ireland, play golf courses there. The next couple have to do with golf. I want to play Augusta. It'll probably never happen, but I want to play Augusta. I want to, um, this one really isn't like a bucket list. It's kind of bucket list. Like if if it doesn't happen, I would understand why it didn't happen. Um, I want to record. I want to be on an album, like on like like a band's album. I could play guitar. I can play drums for a song. I could play bass. You need some background singing vocals or some screamy vocals. I got you. I'm ready. It's my time to shine. <laughs> um, fly first class is definitely on there for me. Um, I want to just one time in my life fly an airplane, like be in control of it. I don't mm-hmm. ever. I don't want to get my pilot's license or anything like that. I just want. I've to done that. Control an airplane. It is exhilarating. Yeah, I feel like it would be. It is exhilarating. Even though I was in this tiny little fucking ridiculously stupid airplane in Colorado, it was still exhilarating. It's awesome. And then the last one, maybe the last one. I'll call it the last one. Probably should be. Robert. I want to see a baseball game in every major league stadium in one year. I, I know to, a guy that did that. Well, that's I, not true. I know a guy that did something similar. Well, maybe he did that. Carly, chime in in the comments. Carly's friend might have done that. He was traveling like state to state and watching baseball or some shit. Yeah. If I could been going state to state to do, if things. I could also do it with the NFL, I would love that. But that'd be so hard. I'd have to have so much money because I'd have to be flying. I was gonna say you also have to catch the Germany game and the the Mexico game, Mexico City game, and yeah, there's another one I'm blanking on. That'd be awesome. Uh, real quick, Dave, there are 74 Michelin-starred restaurants in Toronto. Sheesh. So, but yeah, that'd be awesome. A lot We're of great time. bucket lists. A lot of a lot of things I'd love to do too, but. I'll never have the money to do it. Got to get that shit done before I die. And really, it's not even like a before I die. It's a before I can't enjoy the experience. Like if yeah, I can't walk that's... well and I'm in like a fucking remote controlled cart, not cool. I need to do it while I'm able to enjoy it. Yeah. That's been another episode of Two Average Husbands. Thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, Dave, I've never had a real desire to go to Canada, but I probably should get up there at some point too and put that on my list. Uh, mostly because I'm a pansy about cold weather. 
This has been another episode of Two Average Husbands. Thank you for joining us. You can follow us. Josh, welcome to the cast, literally as I'm closing the episode. But yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, you can, oh shit, thank you, Uncle Kyle. You're the best. I wasn't going to let us forget. Don't you worry. Close out my thing because I'm on a roll here. Um, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at number two ABG Husbands. We're on YouTube live. We're also on Twitch and Twitter live now as well. You can comment on those places. Twitch doesn't work for some reason, or Twitter doesn't work for some reason. I fixed it. Um, but you can comment while you're on Twitch and YouTube live with us. Feel free to send us any sort of things that you'd like to hear us talk about or things that you'd like to talk about with us. If you ever want to get on an episode, let us know. Maybe we can make that happen. Oh, there's some things that I'm missing. We're streaming all over the place. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, whatever. It doesn't matter. We're we're pretty much everywhere now. If you want to listen to the podcast, you can find us anywhere and listen along with us. But that's pretty much all I have to say. You can follow Jake at Perry underscore FF because he'll want me to throw that shout out as well. Uh, That's all I've got. Jake, great your beer. Uh, This beer is, uh, it's a good sour. It's nothing special. Give it a 275. This is a 2.25. It's not very good, but it's like drinkable. I will say. almost undrinkable. And if it had been like just a little bit worse, I would have given it like a 1.0. I will say the beers have helped with whatever's going on with my stomach. So. Well, good. I feel less shitty than I did when That's a good Kyle thing. and I were hanging out earlier today. And he knows how I was feeling earlier. Josh, do tune in next week. And also hit us up on the Twitter and uh, wherever else. And let us know what you want to hear us talk about next week. Week. We'll talk you about anything. To join us on the show. We know some people don't like us talking about Christmas traditions, but hey. We did hear about that. That was said. It was said on Twitter. I'm sorry. People like Christmas. It's Christmas season. Just wait wait till next week. We're going to be unbearable. It's going to be a Christmas-themed episode. Maybe. <laughs> all right. That's all I got for you. Thanks for joining us, guys. See you next week. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you all in next week's episode. And as always, do not forget to tell somebody that you love them. Peace. <laughs>